Welcome to Outside of Normal, a podcast where Shelby and Lynn ask questions, challenge the norm, in open, honest, and sometimes vulnerable discussion on everyday life. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to second episode of Outside of Normal. Yep, Outside of Normal episode two. I am Shelby. I am Lynn. And uh, for people who have never um, caught up on our first episode, you could catch us on Spotify. We are still waiting for uh, approval from uh, Apple. Yeah, from so, iTunes. From iTunes. So uh, stay tuned. We'll try to post on Facebook and Instagram about when we're going to get approved. But so far, if you want to catch our first episode, you could catch it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we will start a YouTube page. I know we're really grassroots effort here we're <laughs> slowly one step at a time but we will start our youtube channel mm-hmm. right and then we'll turn these um audio file into like a video format so people can go on youtube and hear it yep so for those of you who did listen to episode one thank you for coming back uh so once again thank you all for your your great feedback about the first episode mm-hmm. uh so today we're going to be discussing uh, strong female leads in modern films in, well yeah that's well actually we pick three because we don't mm. um there's a lot of good uh, movies that talk about that has strong uh, female lead mm. um I, you could pick out a lot of i feel like a lot of julia roberts you can mm. pick out a lot of meryl streep ones that are really mm-hmm. tough strong female lead but um, Shelby and I are both big nerds, and yep. Shelby really brought me into the the Marvel League, um, and I start <laughs> I really start to dis, uh, to differentiate the the differences between the DC characters and Marvel characters. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna touch upon a few movies today, Shelby, right? And but we're yeah. gonna focus on three particularly. Yeah. So so spoiler uh, spoiler alert warning for anybody who hasn't seen some of these movies. Uh, are a little bit older than the ones we're going to be comparing them to, but mm-hmm. the main three we're going to focus on today is uh, Atomic Blonde, uh, starring Charlize Theron from 2017, mm. uh, Captain Marvel, starring Brie Larson uh, from 2019, and then the newly live-action Mulan. From Mulan, 20- from, and it's Liu Yifei. She's a Chinese uh, Chinese actress. Um, she was in other uh, big movies out, and she was she can speak English. She was actually born here in the United States, but then she. Was back to china to develop her um movie character film character so yeah so liu yifei, liu yifei is the live action mulan uh, i appreciate you taking that one because i would have butchered that name oh yeah <laughs> i mean i don't yeah I, I just know that's coming see this is our chemistry working you know this yeah. is our we, we know our strengths we know our weaknesses we know our strengths with our weaknesses and i'm certainly not going to try to pronounce anything Spanish or German <laughs> or anything else, so that would just butcher yeah. those names too. But, but um, we're we're going to be comparing them to some of their uh, modern contemporaries. Yeah. Um, so well, we'll be comparing the live action Mulan to mm-hmm. the animated version from 1998. Yeah, we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about we have some strong feelings. I remember, uh, well, in preparation for this podcast, we watched, we kind of re go, we, we revisited some of the scenes in Mulan and we, we, we watched Atomic Blonde and I got to watch the uh, first Avenger, the uh, Captain America first Avenger. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that because I felt that Mulan really could have used um, the real a- a live action Mulan could really use first Avenger as mm-hmm. a way to build up the character. But in my opinion, you know, in my p- opinion, the real live action Mulan really did not make it to that point. So I was kind of disappointed because it's also co- coming from 
uh, the Chinese background, Mulan is such uh, a very resonating uh, close uh, to home uh, for me. So yeah, we'll talk about that. But yeah. I feel like we're going to get a lot of spoiler alert today, Shelby. We are. That's, we're going to give our people some alert. This is going to be a spoiler if yeah. you haven't watched any of these. Same thing. We're going we're gonna to bring in, like you said, some from uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, which mm. uh, ju just for brevity from now on, we're just going to call it Captain America 1. 1. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we will tie in a little bit to kind of like the entire Captain America story arc from mm. the first Avenger all the way through Endgame. So same thing. I know Endgame is one of the relatively mm. uh, recent movies. So again, spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen these films, one, we recommend go watch all of these films. Yeah. Like, we're just going to give you our opinions and breakdowns of things, but, you know, we, we encourage everybody, go watch cinema. Even if somebody tells you that, ah, you know, that movie wasn't very good, mm -hmm. form your own opinions. You mm -hmm. know, see, see what you think about it. But if you want to continue to listen on, we hope that you'll stick around and, yeah. and uh, you know, have some food for thought. Have some food for thought. And certainly this is our opinion, and um, we wanted to point out that these are very important films because we want to talk about, like, strong female lead movies. And these are the movies... Um, that we have critique criticism about uh, some like these two at least I can tell I can say that both Shelby and I thinking that Mulan and Captain Marvel could have done better I know people who disagree mm. about with my opinion on um, Captain Marvel but I mean the whole point is for us to have a discussion about um, the, these movies and about how we interpret them and be able to have a uh, good um, discussions and debate um, certainly in the, today's culture we don't want to be like, oh, just because you disagree or you agree with us and no, you're on no. our side. And if you disagree with us and then we'll, you know, you're going to cancel us or we're going to think your, your, your opinion doesn't worth a thing. So it really just, you know, a good, I mean, the whole point of this podcast is to inspire conversations, yeah. you know, kind of good debate and we can get to know each other's exactly. perspective. So, yeah, one of the things you'll hear us talk about a lot is that we don't we don't like to argue about anything with anybody that mm -hmm. we'll, we'll debate and discuss anything with anyone. But as yeah. soon as something turns into an argument. People dig their heels in. They get emotionally invested emotionally to it. Emotionally attached. They get yeah. angry. And once yeah. one side is angry, the others, they're not going to listen to anything the other side has to say. Yes. Which, you know, you could yes. expand that into a lot of today's life. Cancel culture. Cancel culture is obviously yeah. not something we're a huge fan of. Like We're, we're not a huge fan of cancel no, culture. we are not a huge fan of cancel <laughs> okay. culture. Like, even if somebody says something you don't agree with, you once again, like we talked about last time, you want to hear them out and, and kind of figure out why are they coming from that perspective. And... Even if it's for nothing else than to just to have uh, solid discussion points to refute their opinions from, mm -hmm. then it's it's more worth it to listen to somebody than it is to not. Absolutely. Now, if they decide to immediately devolve into um, personal attacks and, and just straw man arguments and things. Th or just yeah. making some conclusory statement but yeah. doesn't really back it up or anything. Exactly. Right? If you, yeah, having an opinion is the lowest form of information of any kind. And it, everybody has opinions on things. It, but if you don't have any evidence to back it up, then that's all it is. It's mm -hmm. just, it's a thought. And there's nothing wrong with having that. That's how all great ideas begin is it's just a thought. Mm -hmm. But you, if you can't support it, if you can't defend it, then, uh, yeah, you're, yeah. you're kind of just spitting wind. That's okay. Yeah, Shelby, because um, in our relationship, what I said is always right, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> he, he actually got caught off. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to get into yeah. <laughs> I, I don't... I, get caught off guard too often but that uh, that was a good one no, no, just um, trying to you know catch you on your toes yeah, so that, that was um, good. but yeah. also this is these movies are art it's a different form of art and For art sure. is always open to interpretation it's always subject to opinion mm -hmm. so once again these are just 
our thoughts and we're, we're to do our best to support them and back them up. And absolutely. you're welcome to agree or disagree and let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we, I think that when we started off the, the YouTube page and stuff, I would definitely welcome people to leave us comments, you know, yeah. give us some of your uh, opinions too as well. So yeah, that helps us to understand, you know, people outside of our, yeah. uh, this is outside of normal. So we will want, always wanted to welcome that kind of outside of normal discussions. And normal is that right now, cancel culture. If you don't agree with me, you're, you're you're the enemy but we try yeah. to step up beyond that because human beings are much better and we should be better we deserve to be better well so. yeah we're all complex and different and we need to celebrate those differences rather than looking for reasons to fight about them okay now after that let, let's get to the movies shall we i tell you why don't uh since as you said mulan has kind of a, a big mm. resonation culturally with you mm. why don't you can you talk a little bit about what mulan means to the chinese people yeah, Mulan is, uh, you know, for people who don't know, it's not really a, a real historical figure. It really is a fable. It's a story that exists, uh, and it's sort of in a fable, but then uh, there is numerous, numerous adaptations, both in China, and of course, Disney later hop on the train to develop the animated version, which was in 1999, right? 98. 90, 1998, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is basically about this young woman who lived in a home and she was uh, the only, she, the, the, the home didn't have any other sons. And um, in any kind of a traditional uh, family, family background kind of a culture, uh, sons are always favored um i hate to say that it's even it's just kind of the sons are favored because you know sons they even if they marry they can carry the family name on whereas the daughters when they marry they kind of took on their they take on the last name of their husband and so sort of the family name just kind of get lost with the daughter so yeah sons are favored but mulan happens to be born in a family where she's she's there's no other boys there's no brothers so and then comes to a time when China was invaded by enemy, and then um, then people then the emperor uh, wanted emperor wants to recruit people to join the army to defend this enemy that was invading, and then uh, Mulan in order to serve and help save his uh, her father from having to serve in the army, which his father's got a lot of illness. Um, and the father was previously a soldier. In, in the, like, not necessarily, not in, necessarily. In the animated and in the new one. In the new one, yeah. but I'm I'm kind of going off from like what I remember being told in China. It's okay. just your know, father's old, you know. My father is sure. old. She he can't fight, and you can't, you know, Mulan, and then there's no brother um, to really step into the fa father's place. Mm. So Mulan essentially, yeah, just pretended to be a boy, and she put on the armor, and she joined the camp, and then she fought and. Yeah, and then she um, earned the recognition of the king, uh, the emperor, and then eventually it's a story about loyalty, like you say, is you see it in the Disney um, version, the, both the animated and the live action. It's about loyalty, serving the country, and also kind of honoring your family, brings honor to your family. So it is a story about that. Mm -hmm. So that that I would say the story is about just right. So that's essentially. Uh, the fable and also what you we, we heard in the live action and also the animated yeah yeah and okay so yeah so i obviously didn't grow up with the story of mulan um mm -hmm. i actually didn't even see the animated version all the way through until several years after it had come out mm -hmm. um and then we watched the the live action version mm -hmm. um once the uh for whatever reason when i think disney knew that they weren't going to do that mm -hmm. great with their live action version i think the initial test screenings were were not great so mm -hmm. 
they decided that obviously movie theaters aren't open. A lot of them still aren't open. Some yeah. have slowly started to open up. Um, but that they were going to charge their Disney Plus subscribers, so people who are already paying for the service, an extra thirty dollars in order to view the live action Mulan, the mm. one from twenty twenty. Yeah. And I think they need they knew that they needed to do that yeah. before word of mouth caught on that it just wasn't that great. It was not great. They were going to try to recoup some of those expenses. Recoup the money because it happened to be it was supposed to be premiered in March 2020, yeah. and then of course everything shuts down. Um, but Shelby, so you and I, we, when we just when we pre- prepare for this podcast, mm. you feel like some of the uh, the commonalities between uh, there are some commonalities between Captain Marvel and Mulan. So let's let's put these two together. And do you want to tell? Can I do, do an outline of what Captain Marvel is for people who haven't sure. seen the movie? So Captain Marvel um, is an adaptation of a long-running Marvel character that began probably in the late 70s, maybe early 80s, and has been through seven different iterations. The most popular one is uh, Carol Danvers. Mm. There have been other characters that have held the Captain Marvel moniker over the years, um, but Carol Danvers has been the longest-running and the most well-known one, and that's who this movie is based on. Um and so when we first meet Carol Danvers at this point, uh, she has amnesia. She's living on an alien world uh, with the Kree, and she's been trained as a warrior there. And, and Kree is what kind of entity is a Kree? Kree, it's, it's just an alien. There's a lot of different alien races in Marvel comics, and they've started to slowly expand into more of what they call their cosmic landscape or their cosmic operas, mm. uh, which you're going to be seeing a lot more in the cinematic universe in the few years. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was the first one that really kind of brought it into the the modern uh, movie era that they're making. Um, but then Captain Marvel is kind of the next step up. So she is a human. She doesn't know it at this time. She believes that she's a Kree. Mm. Um, so a Kree. So she's like a soldier for yeah, Kree. She yeah. is a she's a Kree soldier okay. and part of their uh, kind of elite fighting force. And they the Kree are at war with another race called the Skrulls, mm. and the Skrulls are shapeshifters. And so she has been, you know, kind of indoctrinated to believe that it is her job to help wipe out the scroll threat, because mm. you know scrolls, and even in traditionally in Marvel comics, the scrolls mm-hmm. are considered to be enemies. There, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole big movie or plot line that's going to be coming up soon called Secret Invasion, mm. where basically we discover that tons of political leaders and really well-known superheroes mm. are in fact scroll scrolls in disguise, because mm. scrolls can make themselves look like Into anybody. anyone. Yeah. But so anyway. We pick up with Carol, and she eventually follows some scrolls back to Earth. And she is having flashbacks of her previous life. She doesn't really know much about herself mm. um, prior to six years before the movie begins, mm. which is when she uh, is brought to uh, the Kree home planet um, and is kind of, once again, indoctrinated by the Supreme Intelligence. Is a computer system that, mm. that kind of tells her, along with her commanding officer, who's played by Jude Law, um, that she you know, has been given these powers, these uh, ability to shoot power blasts from her hands mm-hmm. and, and fly and do There's a, a chip in her neck. She so has a chip in her neck. Planted. Yeah, they tell her that that is what is giving her her abilities, that they're like, you know, at any point we can take it away from you. Mm. That, is, they, they really reinforce that in the movie. Yeah. Like you, your power is given to you it and we can take it away. Yeah, it's which we, we talked about that there's some of the similarities between Captain Marvel and, and Mulan, Mulan yeah. is kind of the idea of, uh, of gaslighting. That mm-hmm. Conditioned. And, yeah, the uh, 
the live action Mulan, mm. you know, she starts off with her her chi powers, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know, as somebody put it, it's like it's like she's a Jedi. Like she can jump from rooftops. Exactly. She yeah. can fight better than anybody. She can fight better. Yeah, but we'll get to the commonality. We'll get like to that the, yeah, but let's continue but with so, the story yeah, so, plot of Carol Danvers. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, she comes back to Earth. Uh, she meets you know, Nick Fury and uh, Phil Coulson, who are some long-running Marvel Cinematic characters, and eventually. Uh, discovers the truth that she is actually a human and that her powers came from a, an accident an explosion where there was a, another a Cree defector named Marvell Marvell was yeah. trying to help end the war by mm. saving the scrolls because she had discovered that the scrolls were actually refugees mm. who were being um, ethnically cleansed for lack of a better phrase by the Cree so there was not many scrolls left, and so Marvel, who was a Cree, decided to to try to help save him by developing it, a light speed engine. That mm-hmm. way, they could you know, fly to another part of the universe and and just kind of start their home life over and mm. and not be harassed or and murdered. Or murdered. Yeah. yeah. So, but in the process, Marvel dies. Um, the engine explodes and gives Carol Danvers her powers, which are mm. from an Infinity Stone, which. If you've watched uh, Infinity War, Endgame, basically massive amount of power. So that's how she actually has the ability to shoot her photon blast out of her hands and mm-hmm. fly and do all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. So her power didn't come from the Kree, despite mm-hmm. them telling her over and over again, that your power right. comes from us. Right. In fact, they, the chip in her neck is, is holding her back. It's inhibiting her powers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so she eventually uh, helps fight off the Kree invasion and you know, and promises to help kind of end the war, help the scrolls find their their new home planet, and you know, becomes you know goes yeah. from being somebody who is trained to hunt and kill them, mm-hmm. to kind of being their savior. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's essentially like it's uh, she finally realized that she no longer she the power is not really yeah. given to her. It's she, just she has it all along. Yeah. She she breaks free of mm-hmm. the inhibitor chip, mm-hmm. and and puts on you know a pretty amazing display of power at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, and that's kind of the the, the end of, the end of yeah. that, at least within that film. Yeah, yeah. We Shelby and I have a lot of you know, like a strong feeling for these two movies in the sense of we find that the commonalities of these two movies is that I mean Shelby, if you agree with me, is that mm. the two these two women, uh, Mulan and Carol Denvers, they're they were both sort of uh, conditioned or being indoctrinated mm. by some ideas. Mulan being that you know your role as a woman is to marry, mm. uh, to o- bring honor to your family. Yeah. Uh, and then Captain uh, Marvel is before, at least she realizes her full power, is being told that you're just a soldier and you're supposed to cleanse and murder yeah. on behalf of Kree. And then your power is given to you, so you better obey orders, essentially. Or take it away. Yeah. Or take it away. So Yeah, and that's yeah. the one of the, the issues that we have with, with Captain Marvel is mm. that and it's a, a common thing that you hear a lot of times told when, when it comes to making movies in particular as a medium. It's show, don't tell. Mm. That we're told over and over again that, that Captain Marvel needs to keep her emotions in check. That she, yeah. she needs to keep her emotions in check. Especially from Jude Law. Jude right? Law says he, it he, over he and over again. Jude Law is like the supervisor. For, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's her commanding officer. Commanding officer. Uh, he, which, the fact that like most people... It, he's not a great character, and Jude Law is an f- excellent actor. That's one thing we want to get across. Like everybody in these movies, are excellent actors. Mm-hmm. Actors just and actors, actors, yeah. actresses, actors, whatever you want to call it. They are. They're just. They're not given good vehicles with mm-hmm. this. Like I, I've seen Brie Larson in a lot of other movies, mm-hmm. and I like her. Jude Law is obviously he's an A-list 
celebrity and has yeah. done some amazing films. Um, I'm not terribly familiar with the girl that played Mulan. Yeah, she's very big in China, but yeah. I, it's just sort of like I think um, we we can break down one by one. And I think what we wanted the issue with both of them that we have an issue with these two movies is that these two female character they all kind of have this sort of theme about they were being conditioned by by the society, mm. but then they kind of have to break through that and find their own. And reclaim mm. their power. That is the message that theme, these yeah. two movies are trying to relay. And it's a good but it's just like, how do you actually bring that onto the cinema using the cinema cinematic vocabulary mm. to tell it? It becomes that's the issue that we're with. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, generally, when whenever you meet a hero type character in mm. any, and this you'll you can read about the hero's journey. This this formula goes back thousands of years, mm. uh, all the way back to Beowulf is considered to be one of the first epics. Um, is that when you have a character who's going to become a hero, mm. they have to go through trials and tribulations. They have to mm-hmm. they have to stumble. Like this journey of yeah. reclaiming your power, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really common. It's considered formulaic, but mm-hmm. that a lot of times that's used in a negative connotation. But mm-hmm. if the formula works, mm-hmm. like if it's the old, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. The problem with both Mulan and Captain Marvel is when we meet them they are already the most powerful people in these movies. Yes. Like you could say Mulan isn't as powerful as the emperor on, you know, he's got political power. He's got right. armies at his command, right. but like on, a, on a person, a person, yeah. Yeah. she, she can do anything. She's mm. amazing. She, like I said, she's flying from rooftops. She's catching, catching, chicken catching chickens roof. with a hand. Like yeah. she can, she yeah. can fight better than anybody you've ever seen. Yep. Same thing with Captain Marvel. Like the supreme intelligence might be technically a little bit more powerful than her but she is already she's being told to restrain herself mm-hmm. because she there's at one point she's captured by the scrolls because they're just trying to find out what she knows that was before that she kind of, yeah. quote unquote claimed her power yeah. and have her a chip take up exactly she still has the chip yep. yeah she at this point they just think she's another Kree warrior Soldier. Yeah. yeah and so they capture her to interrogate her and they so they they handcuff her mm-hmm. and so she can't use her energy blast mm-hmm. and she still beats an entire platoon without even trying yeah so it's it's really tough to root for a character who has mm-hmm. no weaknesses who absolutely yeah who is that. yeah there because no what's credible threats is what's relatable is that yeah. we know um there the life life is never easy like we all we're all on this journey mm-hmm. trying to find our purpose find who we are mm-hmm. and i think the movies given that it is a very time constrained thing you have to tell a story depict the characters exactly. in you know two, to two hour hours. two to three hours at most so yeah. it is time constrained but mm-hmm. There are movies like I still believe First Avenger, Captain America th- did a great job mm. with you know kind of have these underdog, but then they have good quality. They have their power, yeah. and then they through trial, tribulation, hardships, and they find it. Mm-hmm. And that and people always resonate with the way that people with underdog that yeah. you know this journey to empowerment. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's more relatable and yeah. quite frankly more inspiring instead yeah. of setting up these kind of perfect woman, you know, yeah. perfect character that's just like all right, well. After you, I guess I don't. I never have to worry about you. I never have to because I just know you're gonna kick that. You're gonna kick some ass. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. It's always good to watch somebody kick ass. So, the this is kind of where, if you were to look at, we're gonna cross over to DC a little bit, which I know is kind of a we're discussing Marvel <gasps> and DC back. But if you if you look at, um, kind of the comparisons made between like Superman and Batman. Superman is held up as this is the ideal of mm. what humanity could become. Mm-hmm. That he he's per- he's the big blue boy scout. He's the mm-hmm. golden boy. He's mm-hmm. the uh, uh, like I said he he's the utmost ideal. And that's kind of what Captain America is supposed mm-hmm. to be as well. Versus Batman, he's kind of down in the dirt. He's dark and gritty. He's a normal guy mm-hmm. and he's got a lot of 
emotional trauma is kind mm. of the driving force behind his character. Yeah. So you can look at characters either way, that you either have the ideal that you're looking to aspire to, or you have more kind of the, the grittier down-to-earth person mm. that you can relate more to. Right. Both are excellent characters, and both are easy to, or both are not easy to write, but both are easy to enjoy. Mm. The problem is that when you have a character who isn't relatable, isn't quite ideal, but is still so powerful that mm. nobody else in the movie can hurt them. Yeah, nobody, yeah, yeah. That nobody poses a credible threat. Yes. Then yes. it becomes difficult. Like we want to see people, we want to see our heroes overcome hardship. Overcome. And yes. if you can instantly destroy something just by waving blasting. your hand or looking yeah, at it, blasting at something. There, yeah. There's no hardship. You write there yourself is. into a corner. They, they've a long time called it the Superman conundrum right. because you know right. he's invulnerable. He's got super strength. He can fly. He's got yeah. heat vision. He's mm -hmm. got ice breath. The first, the Christopher Reeves classic first Superman movie, he turns back time to mm. save his girlfriend. Like, yeah. it's... Yeah, there's got to be a, some point that, you know... There's, so they're like, oh, well, we wrote ourselves into a corner. Let's do... Mm. We'll put in kryptonite. And that's right. you know, why now, you know, you hear a lot of times people talk about, you know, what's their kryptonite or what's their Achilles heel, that there has to be a weakness that's mm -hmm. exploitable in order for it to, to make for a compelling character. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's the thing, too. Yeah, and then, you know, when, when we watched uh, First Avenger, mm -hmm. um, you know, Captain America, and, you know, if had I think Mulan could have followed on that path mm -hmm. because Captain America uh, in the First Avenger, for people who, who watched it and who know what we were talking about, is that, you know, he started off, Steve Rogers was a little <laughs> frail little boy, and he has a, but he has a great character. He has power, and that's the story he's trying to tell that, you know, you really don't need to have superpower, meaning like shooting laser out of your hand to mm -hmm. be a powerful hero. Mm -hmm. You can be an everyday person, but you have compassion, you have wits, and then they have they done perseverance and the perseverance big and big big thing with it. And he also have a very strong moral compass. Like mm -hmm. he his whole thing is about serving the country, which is here comparable to Mulan, serving the country. Mm -hmm. And he has, and then they really brought on at the very beginning he. This, uh, this Dr. Erskine yep. brought him into the army. And, and early on, there's a whole thing about uh, the soldiers are being uh, challenged to capture the flag on top of a pole. And whoever mm -hmm. can capture the flag gets to ride in the car with a pretty Agent Carter. And that <laughs> is, again, comparable to Mulan when she's trying to get that. They're all trying to be challenged to get that arrow on top of that pole. Yeah, this it's, is from the, the animated Mulan. From the animated years. Mulan, yeah. yeah. So that's those are very comparable uh, scenes. But we, what we've seen is that you know, Captain America at the very beginning, physically, there's no advantage at all. No, he's I mean, small, he's sickly, he's, he's so sickly, he's got palpitation. I mean, they reject him from army numerous, numerous times. times. Yeah. But just as they reiterated from the very beginning is that he has a strong conviction. He want to serve the country. He hate bully. He want to help people. Mm -hmm. And he has the compassion and wit to do it. And that's it. And then after he got injected the serum, he physically become very powerful. Mm. But again, it never really changed him. It amplifies exactly. his power. It was the one thing that, yeah, the Dr. Erskine, when he recruited, he said, a man who is, it's, there's some really powerful lines through this whole movie. And there's mm. a lot of good symbolism as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The kind of, like you said, like he has this, this moral code. And it's kind of the idea that he uses the shield. Like the, this Captain America one is one of the few times throughout the 10 years that he played the character that you ever saw him pick up a gun mm. because the majority is that he uses the shield the yep. shield both as a weapon but as as kind of a representation that his his job is to protect yes it's not to hurt yep. he does when he has to he has to but right. he doesn't he doesn't enjoy taking life and he doesn't take life mm -hmm. take life unnecessarily right um, right right but and it's he, it's yeah. the the line that 
Erskine says is, it's like someone who's always been strong, who's always been powerful, mm-hmm. can lose respect for that power. Right. And the serum amplifies what's already inside of you. He's mm-hmm. like, so good becomes great, bad becomes worse. He's like, right. but someone who's been someone who's been weak, someone who's been downtrodden, mm. it's like he knows to keep that respect. He understands yeah. the value of that power and mm-hmm. what good it can be used for. Right. Right. And that's the thing too is that I with I feel like Mulan, the live action Mulan, just lacks in that sort mm-hmm. of. Who is Mulan? Like we, can, I can see here her catch chicken, but who is her? And, and uh, compared to Captain America: First Avenger, mm-hmm. we know that this is a kid who want to serve the country, mm-hmm. want to protect the weak, mm-hmm. and that's it. But which, which is fine. Like you know, we, we can say Mulan. Like she doesn't quite. She has been conditioned to be married to bring honor. She doesn't have to have a clear purpose yet. But that's something that this live action totally miss out which is probably the only disney live action that didn't really sing didn't really sing there's no music yeah. and when we actually went back to the night the animated version yeah. in the animated version they actually did put a scene which is the whole song the reflection mm-hmm. song reflection and that's when mulan after she go off to meet supposedly the suitors and then they found out that she just a clumps and she can't marry <laughs> off and bring family god forbid um, and then she kind of went back home. She was upset. She know she knew what she's not. She's not one of these women who's going to marry off and bring honor to family and give children, and that's about it. She knew she's much bigger than that, mm. and that was present in the animated version. Yeah. But somehow just get lost in a real live live action. So yeah. I just get confused. So what what is she like? She she can fly. She can jump. But, but what what drives her? What what well, is she being aware of? Who she is what like, makes her happy what and, what drives her right? and and you could say that you know that those parts of her she's been told to repress that it's you know the kind yeah. of the idea of being prim and proper being a lady mm. you know restraining all of these you know these wild desires and things which you mm. know we can kind of relate into atomic blonde when we get to that mm. of you know lorraine broughton is totally uninhibited and mm. we'll get to her in a little bit mm-hmm. um but again like you said there's she she seeks to protect her father mm-hmm. She, it doesn't really show whether or not she cares about protecting her country, her family, her exactly. village. The only thing we know that she cares about protect doesn't even show that she really cares as much about protecting her honor. Yeah. She's willing yeah. to, to give up certain things for yeah. her family's honor. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's we see that she wants to save her father's life, which is super noble, and we could all relate exactly. to that. Exactly. Yes. But you you wonder like if they had dug in a little bit more, given her a little bit more time to develop her character, if we mm. could show that. It's like, yeah, she's protecting her father, mm. but is she also doing it because she really does want to be a soldier? Right. She does want to fight. She wants to follow the Captain America route. Right. He wants to protect people. He wants to fight. And he says over and over again, he's like, there's people out there laying down their lives. He's mm. like, why do I deserve to do any less? Right. What's exactly. special about me? Exactly. And that's the difference. Yeah, that's the difference between uh, animated and live action. Mm. Like We both love, uh, love the animated version because yeah. it just feels like she – even though she doesn't know who she is, but she knows who it's, what she's not, and she's willing to explore. She mm-hmm. has that purpose of, oh, I'm going to save my father, but yes. she knows she's not just some woman marrying up. But yeah. it just kind of diminished, got diminished in the live action. And then we, we talk about both of us have just big issue with how she come to realize her power. Yeah. So, yeah. The, again, like we said, like live action Mulan, somebody said she's a Jedi. Yeah. She is already stronger than every other guy mm-hmm. in her regiment. She's just restraining herself. She is, which is kind of a difference between like with Captain Marvel, she is being restrained by the chip in her neck and Mm. she doesn't know it. She Mm -hmm. thinks the chip is giving her power when in fact it's holding her back. Right. 
live-action Mulan is actually intentionally holding herself back because she's been told that showing her power is a bad thing. It's a bad thing, yeah. So it's, it's, it's limiting beliefs and yeah. limiting beliefs that were imposed on her by the society. Yeah. Um, but in the sense of that, we, we both have, but we, then it comes to, okay, then when are you going to break free from these limiting beliefs? And then that's a, we feel the weak, weak spots for both Captain America and Mulan. You know, Captain America, uh, First Avenger, the way he came to his power really is through fighting through the enemy, you know, overcoming hardships with a team of people. They cover for him, mm-hmm. and then they work together as a team. And he, in the process, Captain America lost his best friend, and he was crushed emotionally. Mm-hmm. But Mulan and Captain Marvel, I mean, I mean, I be, just because I'm Chinese, I just have a lot of hard, tough, strong <laughs> feelings. We got to show a strong woman Chinese fat characters. But, and then you will see in live-action Mulan, that she just sort of come to her power after talking to the witch, which we'll get to the witch oh, part. God, the, witch. Uh, the, the witch that was not in the animated version, but she just kind of had this conversation with the witch. She decided she's not going to follow the witch. And all of a sudden, she just sent a like, aha moment, which I feel is such a cliche because that in life, yeah, you're going to have these aha moments, but you don't really get your true self tested by just proclaiming and giving up a, a big speaker in the world hey i'm gonna be myself now and then the world's gonna center around you no it's not yeah. no it's not and then she just kind of come to her power by say all right i'm gonna be myself i'm gonna be a girl in the army and then put her hair down it almost feel like a pantene hair ads at that point like she does have great hair you gotta give it she up. does have great hair I mean, her <laughs> hair is long and thick and Probably very silky as well. Probably had good white water con- conditioning, you know. Well, so she's been tying her hair up super tight the yeah. whole movie and wearing multiple layers of armor to you know, mm-hmm. suppress her her feminine body. Yeah. And but but even before we get to that, so let's let's backtrack just a little bit to like we said, you know, the animated one, the the tests that um, her love interest slash commanding officer gives mm. all of them mm. is. He shoots an arrow at the top of a tall pole, and he yeah. says, "He's like, bring me that arrow." Bring me that and arrow. That, and it's and all the guys try, and he even ties weights around their arms mm. to make them even stronger to give them more of a challenge. So all the guys try, and they try using brute force, and they can't get it. Yes, she uses her intelligence. Right. She wraps the weights around the pole to create a sling that she can use to help climb up. Right. She outsmarts the problem. Outsmarts the similar guys. to yeah. Captain America. And one. That, that's animated Mulan, right? Yes, that's animated Mulan. Yes, yes. Right. animated Mulan uses her intelligence, climbs the pole using the weights as an assistance. Right, gets the arrow. Mm-hmm. Same thing. We have Captain America is told, you know, get get the flag down from the top of this high pole. And same thing. All the big strong guys try to climb and they can't make it. He goes and he just pulls the bolts out of the bottom of the pole. The pole falls over and he picks the flag up off the ground. Yes. He thought his way around the problem because right. he couldn't outmuscle the other guys. Exactly. Neither could Mulan. Again, underdog. Underdog. You're, you're in the environment using, that your yeah. physicality is not advantage. Exactly. Uses intelligence in order to overcome the problem. Yes. With live action Mulan, they, they switch the challenge. She just eats cha- her chi. <laughs> yeah. They switch the challenge. And instead of it being uh, retrieving an arrow, it's you have to carry buckets of water at mm. arm's length out to your side up the top of this tall mountain mm. and they show them trying and failing over and over again if you spill water you fail and that's mm. it so at some point she just goes i'm just going to use my chi i'm going to use my chi which yes. for those of you that don't know chi is life energy like the, like the force within it's, you it's like Star the force. Right? it's very yeah. similar to the force. yeah they use it as it's kind of a, a nondescript well it can do anything it's it's a macguffin it's mm. it's a plot device to to give this person the ability to do whatever they want. And you see that in comic books sometimes too. They talk mm-hmm. about like 
the Enigma Force and the Thor Force and all these other things, but that's outside of it. So anyway, she just says, I'm just going to use a little bit of extra chi, and she walks to the top of the mountain without spilling any water, and that's how she earns all their respect. Yeah, and it's almost so as if it's, saying that, you know, in order to be equal or, like, have show your feminism, you, you need to just work up your muscle. You and just need to be stronger. Have that. Yeah. You're just going to be stronger. Instead of using the capabilities you're that smart. you... You're using smart. your intelligence, using yes. something that is, that is more tangible. Yes. Um, yes. That's, yeah, I guess that's that's our yeah. that's our issue with it. But that's, you know... Yeah. But yeah, that that but that's then, a good that's a good comparison between those two things because those just almost like they are studying from each other, uh, yeah. like getting the getting the stuff, uh, getting the getting objects the from the pole, arrow from the pole, flag and from then, the pole, yeah. and then and then the flag from the pole for Captain America. But the, the live action Mulan just it just, totally just, just use her cheese. Just sort of like, are you are you cheating? Like just be, you have chi, but other people don't have chi. Uh, so you just yeah. decided that you're going to use chi to carry. It does just feel like. All right, well, that's a little too smart. Like, a too convenient that you yeah. just happen to have chi. You were born yeah. with it. You're special. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I know. I may sound very – I sound very emotionally no, no. for uh, the just well, bias against Mulan, but I just feel no. I want her to be in, – in our view in China – by the way, real-life action Mulan did a lousy job in terms of, of box office in China. Everyone oh, – yeah. no one likes it. Worldwide it's because It's bad. because, you know what, we don't expect Mulan to be a, a superhero in the sense of, like, mm. like a Marvel League, like, you know, you have to shoot laser out of your palm. She's an ordinary woman. She's a woman born in a society mm -hmm. that does, does not think that women are equal as men. Right. But then she transcends that with her wit and with her compassion, and that's... And that's, her perseverance again. And her perseverance, exactly. And... That's that's her power, yeah. and then we want to be able to bring that message to. It's like everyone, you can be a hero. You just gotta have. Yeah. You just use the power, and and then mm -hmm. you know never persevere through hardships. It's never gonna be easy. It's not just to be. You, you declare, oh, I'm gonna become myself. I'm gonna claim my power today, and everything's gonna go yeah. your way. That's not gonna happen. Well, and that's um, Comics Explained is a YouTube channel I follow a lot, and he had a really great line a few years ago where mm -hmm. he talked about kind of why characters like like Batman and you know, Batman and Robin, Daredevil and uh, the Punisher and like these really like when you've got these wildly powerful characters out in space, you've got you know, Thor and Superman and mm -hmm. you, know, you know people that can destroy a mm -hmm. planet with with barely a thought. Grant once again, like then you have to come up with really high level threats like Thanos and things like that in order to to make them feel challenged. But once again, they're they're entertaining and they present to you an ideal, mm -hmm. but they don't present to you something that's terribly relatable right but versus like you're gritty you're down to earth you're street level like mm -hmm. that's whole the whole idea behind you know your friendly neighborhood spider-man mm -hmm. is that he he's a he's a scrawny dorky team he's mm -hmm. like captain america and that and then he you know through science you know an accident mm -hmm. of some kind yeah. um develops his powers but even with the keeping with like the idea of like batman and, and robin is the idea that you don't have to be an extraordinary person to do extraordinary things. Exactly. And I love that. that. Love that. You don't have to be extraordinary to do extraordinary things. It's, it's a wonderfully that powerful. That is wonderful. Line. That is that is absolutely amazing. But the the big thing with with Captain America was that Doctor Erskine said to him like right before he got the the super soldier serum that gave him you know his mm. super strength and speed and regenerative abilities, he told him he's like stay a good man. He's like even when you when you have these this power he's like mm -hmm. you're going to be at that time the strongest man on the planet yep he's like stay a stay man. a good man be, a good, be man. a good man first yes and that's that's why he that's chose steve telling. rogers yeah above everybody else you know uh, mm -hmm. the tommy lee jones plays the kind of grizzled army general who he wants you know the biggest and the strongest man to become mm -hmm. even bigger and stronger mm -hmm. yeah and erskine tells him he's like he's a bully he's mm -hmm. 
And, you know, and, and Tommy Lee Jones, he's also, he's seen hardship. He's seen war. So he's coming to it from a different perspective. Right, right. I'm telling him he's like that war isn't won by compassion and by nice feelings. He right. says it's won by guts. And he does, he does a test. Mm-hmm. He throws a dummy grenade out and everybody scatters. Everybody runs away except for Steve Rogers. Right. Steve Rogers, even though he only weighs 90 pounds at the time, <laughs> throws himself on top of the grenade to shield everybody. To shield everybody, tell everybody to run. Right. Exactly. So that, that shows that, that the the what do you call the um, his, his first instinct is protect people his first instinct is to protect people and that's quality and you know that's something that you, he has actually nothing can take it away there's no supreme power that can nope. take that away from him yep. yeah even if, even if the serum wore off after six months he's still gonna protect people. he's gonna be the same person through mm-hmm. it it doesn't matter yes you know? yes and that's the thing too is that if you that, I guess that's the thing, that you, the problem with Mulan is that they try to have this chi being some kind of, like the serum, like the serum yeah. in Captain America, like yeah. you have this superpower, but they forgot them, they forget the message is that you don't really need to have the chi, the superpower, the, the super soldier serum to yeah. be an extraordinary, or do Absolutely. extraordinary things. Which is why when she meets the witch, who <laughs> the witch. has crazy powerful chi, can turn herself into a bird, can they do ba- all these magic They basically things. get is, rid of Mushu. Yeah, Mushu, my, my our beloved Mushu dragon from the animated from one. the animated who has the best songs, the best personality, voiced by the incomparable Eddie Murphy, of, of course. And then they replace with this witch, with this witch who yes. is once again now. Except when we first meet Mulan, she's ridiculously powerful and then intentionally restrains herself. When we meet the witch, she can do anything. She's taking out yeah. army garrisons left and right single handedly, and we find out she's serving this villain, this Bora Khan. Because she was exiled, she was. She yeah. doesn't feel she was accepted she, when people she, see yeah. her power. Was she was it? ridiculed by yeah. by the people, the, by the village she was born in. That everybody you know, shunned her because she was different. Which that's some that's a very relatable point. Like yep. a lot of people can say, you know, yep. I feel different. I don't feel I belong anywhere. Right. And right. Her whole, the witch's entire motivation is she's looking to belong. Mm-hmm. She she even tries to recruit Mulan to be with her. You know, join your chi with mine, and there'll be no stopping us. Mm. And. You know, Mulan obviously rejects her. Um, they have a fight, and it isn't until Mulan fully embraces herself because she's giving her false name. She's saying she's Ping, I think is. Uh, yeah, I don't remember something along something those lines. Something along the line. But she she's using her false name in order to, as she's fighting with a witch, and it isn't until she embraces, she's like, "I am La Mulan. I am you know the the woman." That that's when she's able to come into her power. Come to her like I'm gonna be myself. Right? But it's but. the same thing. The but the, again, you know, our, 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 I guess our question is if the, this witch is all powerful and she really is, you know, she t- knows her power, why is she following a Boris Khan who doesn't take her seriously? Who be- he, he belittles her. He belittles her. He talks her. down to her. He says he'll he'll give her a place where she belongs, but only after she has helped him. Yeah. So there there is kind of this running theme from the the female movies of gaslighting of of convincing women that they can't do things that they can do on their own. Right. So there, right. that is kind of a running theme, and it is something that is relatable, especially to anybody who's, you know, you know if you, you know, see the way that female celebrities are treated or anybody mm-hmm. who's been in a relationship with someone who, who doesn't value them and who, who talks down to them and convinces mm-hmm. them that they're less than what they are. Right. So it's a very relatable point. It's just not delivered well. Right. And, and then, you know, it's the, the, it, and then there's this interaction between the witch and the Mulan. I guess sometimes you do need the supporting character mm-hmm. to bring out to what, story, to draw yeah. out the real characters, uh, you know, the, their arc and their story, their development, mm-hmm. their journey. But it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel anything between yeah. the two of them. The witch 
and Mulan. It doesn't no. feel anything. And it's like, that. are they my friends? Not really. Because uh, the witch was trying to attack Mulan at some point. Is, is the witch the mentor? Not really. So what is the witch to Mulan? Like, what did the witch do to push Mulan to be herself? Yeah, the witch is a plot device, and a, but a poorly developed one. And mm-hmm. that later on in the movie, spoiler alert, the witch sacrifices herself to save Mulan's life. Yeah, why? Why did it, she do that? They had one five-minute conversation. Yeah. That's it. That's it. There, there's no emotional connection that we can tell in any yeah. way. And the witch has shown she's so powerful, she didn't need to sacrifice her life. She could have done a thousand other things. Yeah. And, but it's one of those, like, now Mulan sees the witch die in her arms. Mm-hmm. And so now she summons the strength in order to take on Borakan herself, which, <laughs> let's be fair, from the way we've seen her fight through the entire movie, mm-hmm. she could have done easily. Right. She didn't need this extra motivation of the witch dying. She didn't need this extra dying. motivation. And- you know, it's and like, it feels dis- it's in it's disingenuous. It feels forced. Yeah. I mean, we see movies where you know someone close and you care about die, and that mm-hmm. propels the mm-hmm. character to really unleash the power within. Sure. But again, this, this I guess it's just they didn't set the enough foundation. No. First of all, it was never in the the animated version. Um, so where does this witch character come from? It was underdeveloped. Yeah. Um, it is a very strong female lead, but this it just seems like this again is a very confusing strong female. Supporting character. Supporting character, excuse me. Supporting character that didn't really... What's he, her purpose? We don't know. We We don't don't understand. Yeah, we don't understand it. It's one thing, like, you can introduce difficult uh, character concepts and take time to develop it if you're going to have that character exist across multiple movies, which Mm -hmm. is one of the big advantages of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, like, we have Chris Evans did a phenomenal job playing Captain America Mm -hmm. across probably a dozen films, starting with... Captain America 1, First Avenger in 2011, all the way up through 2020 with Avengers Endgame, mm. which, you know, Endgame is the biggest, the highest grossing box office movie of all time. It was almost $3 billion. It's, mm. it's insane how much money this movie made. But you got to see him grow as a character, but that core foundation of who he was, of the guy who always stands up for the little guy, who does, who will do anything to protect the people he cares about, mm. um, and who just never gives up. It becomes his catchphrase, which actually it becomes a little bit of a joke in Endgame. But mm. throughout the movies, every time you hear him say, I can do this all day, he's getting beaten. Because he, Captain he's America getting, yeah. is far from the strongest Avenger. No, no. In, and especially once you get into the comics and you get into these big, wildly powerful yeah. characters, which, you know. Yeah, you, you know, got you got Tony Stark, Iron Man. Yeah, Thor. Thor. Incredible yeah, Hulk. And Hulk. Yeah. Um, and then you got Vision. Yeah. Um, and All these wildly powerful yeah. characters. And, and they Captain all, America can't even fly. He can't fly. All he, as comics explains, like say he's like he's a guy who can run really fast and he can punch pretty hard, <laughs> and he can throw a shield. But he commands a respect among his fellow among heroes because of who he is. Because he's mm-hmm. always going to be the first guy in and the last guy out. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that you want at your side and the guy you want planning your your strategy because mm-hmm. he's a tactician mm-hmm. and you know that he his number one goal is protect the people he cares about he says yeah. it multiple times like we don't trade lives we he, it's always about protecting the people he cares about right right and doing the right thing right and you know i think that's that and you know if if the men can have this team like the captain america on the mm-hmm. you know on the male uh, role side you know captain america can command a team of men to achieve great things. And I say the same could be said about women. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that you know, the recent movie, like Birds of Prey, trying to do something like that mm-hmm. with things like, you know, Harley strong Quinn, yeah. Harley Quinn being like this leader of this team and then they battle off the, the Batman. Yeah. Totally fine. And I think that is, that's a good scene. But then, and I think that that actually is a good kind of breach of the, the contra- like the traditional things about a like, woman 
you know, they're all just getting, you know, catfight. We see all this reality show about catfights and, you know, women jealous of each other and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So it's a good, actually, it's a very inspiring component to put into a female, strong female lead movie is that this strong woman like Mulan or Captain Captain Marvel to like maybe lead a team of very strong, powerful women. And then together they do great things. They create big things for the community and whatever yeah. but of course we know captain marvel work on herself she doesn't she doesn't really she flies off in the universe and, and she doesn't she doesn't work with anybody she's a loner and that's one of the, the distinct differences so you have captain america leads by example mm. captain marvel leads by strength right and that's so in in endgame there's a scene where captain marvel has just made a dramatic entrance she pile drives through multiple gigantic battleships mm-hmm. in the sky she's wiping out you know dozens of Thanos' warriors left and right without even trouble and they give her the infinity gauntlet and they're like okay like how are you going to get it you know to the the portal that you need to get it to you know there's you know there's hundreds of warriors in your way and all it's supposed to be a really cool really inspiring scene where all of the other marvel female characters Mm -hmm. you know gamora and black widow and mantis and and you know the uh black panther's um royal guard whose name escapes me right now Mm -hmm. but all of these you know strong female characters valkyrie is there Mm. are all supposed to you know like she'll have help and it's supposed to be this big dramatic charge where they they help her plow through the field of enemies to get there and it could be really cool except she doesn't need any of them she doesn't need it she can fly she can (laughs) blast things she can move at the speed of light she's got photon cannons in her hands (laughs) so when you've got and i love black widow black widow is my favorite marvel female character by far, especially in the movies. Yes. And I'm excited for her movie to come out. We'd love to be able to compare and contrast sure. Captain Marvel and Black Absolutely. Widow, but we haven't seen Black Widow yet because her movie is tragically delayed again, way long overdue. She's got tasers, uh, she's got taser batons and pistols mm. and, and really good martial arts skills. Mm. So once again, she's a down-to-earth, she's a very relatable but, and, hero. But she's the glue, glue that holds the team she, together. She's the she emotional talks, center of yeah, the team. Yeah, she's the center of the team. Versus, and again, when we're getting to emotion, you know, we talked about Brie Larson is a great actress, has shown great emotional range in other movies. In Captain Marvel and in Endgame, which are the two movies she's been in, she shows the emotional range of Kristen Stewart, which is the range of a piece of cardboard. And for those of you, we probably will put up a bonus uh, video of uh, of Shelby trying to do Kristen Stewart <laughs> in Twilight. And uh, oh, Shelby, that, will, that will be an extra bonus clip for people we might uh, make that a paid subscription one i don't know absolutely that. i feel like that's a, <laughs> i feel like that's a paid subscription to see uh shelby's portrayal of Kristen stewart in twilight 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 but so anyway, yeah. so we, we yeah. kind of yeah we spent a lot of time talking about it but before we move on to atomic blonde but can i just say like one of the message i love about captain marvel is at the end when she after she mm-hmm. killed off everybody, right, like bad, all the bad guys, she had this confrontation with Jude Law, like basically like, how dare you just you know, lie to me about my power and everything. And Jude Law sort of kind of throw away the guns, like, come fight me. Like, yeah, he says, he's like, prove, he's like, prove that prove, you, prove that you, what, prove that you, what you can, say? he says, he's like, prove that you can beat me without the light show. He's like, prove that, or are you going to let your emotions overrun you? Which once again, let's, yeah. let's wrap back around to, because she has shown no emotional range throughout the movie, him continually using the line of "Don't let your emotions get the better of you." We Don't get confused emo- on that one. As it well. doesn't make any sense. Yes. And like, they, there are some really cool scenes in Captain Marvel where they show her, you know, summoning all these images of when she was a human or when she before she got her powers, and she was a, a girl, mm. you know, getting knocked down, getting made fun of, and that she always got back up. Yeah. And that's the stuff that they should have been emphasizing through the entire movie because it would have made her much more yes, relatable. Yes, because she did that, have her past, which is she needs she to get did. up from where she fell. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and that's the the thing we all want to see. Like she said, that's why we root for the underdog. That's why we love Rocky. You know, it's why we mm-hmm. love these characters who 
they they inspire us because they don't give up. If your if your character gives up, then it, it makes you kind of lose hope. Yeah. And, and we all need hope. We all need hope, especially yeah. these days. Even if it's like empty, but still, it's something. If it's hope, then that that that's what keeps us going. Exactly. Like from the very first scene where we meet Steve Rogers, and he's getting his ass kicked in an alley. Yeah. But he keep and even the other guy says he's like, you just yeah, don't know when to stay quit. down. And he yeah. he keeps saying he's like, I can do this all day. And he's getting battered and beaten, but that's him through and through. Consistency. Yeah. And if we had seen that from Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. over and over and over again, of mm-hmm. but like you said. By the time we meet her, she's already too strong. Too strong. Nobody yeah. can knock her down anymore, so mm-hmm. there's no reason for her to need to get back up. She does yeah. make a really good line at that point, though. At that where, point, though, about where he when, says, "Well, he says, prove to me that you can, me. you can get your, you, you cannot, you were not controlled by your emotion, yeah. and you don't have to beat me with all your lie shows." And then she said, "I she believe," <laughs> and I would, I would submit that that is the best line of mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. She said, "I don't." She said to a man, a man that supposedly was her supervisor. She said. I don't need to prove anything to you. It's that great, brings yeah. home the the movie, and I again that movie has that has good lines in it. We just wish there has been more, like yeah. in terms of developing the details of this of this character. But that point about I don't need to prove anything to you, that reflect back on live action Mulan mm-hmm. is another feel another strong feeling of mine. Shelby yeah. is that you know when, she, when Mulan has that sword that says loyal, uh, brave, and true. true. And then she lost it. She lost the sword, right? Yeah. And then her, da- her father's sword, yeah, yeah. It's her father's sword. It says loyal, brave, true, true to yourself. Right. All good messages, all good mm-hmm. qualities. Sure. But then at the end, it's sort of like and then and then they the, it was sort of this message about the emperor says, All right, you lost your sword, let me give you another one. It has loyal, true, brave on it. But on the back of it, on the different like on the red font, it says devotion to family. And, and that is the message. It's like, you know, this girl has basically served the country, protect her family, and help the emperor win a war. But then she, she doesn't really need to prove to the emperor, but her devotion to the family. But again, it's the emperor, like, bestowing a sword that says, here, I recognize that you, you, you honor, you devote to your family. So I'm like, Mulan doesn't need to prove it. Yeah. It just has this kind of patriarchal, higher above, again, recognizing, see, I bestow upon you a sword. Yeah. That's my gift to you. Your devotion, I recognize. It just it does rubs me yeah. the wrong oh, way. Oh yeah, which uh, we we got to touch on this too. Of so the emperor in live action Mulan is played by the amazing Jet, Jet Li. Jet Li. Love Jet Li. One of the best live action um, action stars ever. Like one of the he's an amazing wushu, wushu practitioner. Has put out some of the just the best fight scenes. Like. Look up Fist of Legend, which was his remake of Bruce Lee's The Chinese Connection, mm. and and watch just the fight scenes from that. He is unbelievable. All he gets to do in this movie is flick some ribbon, and that irks me to no end. And Jet Li can speak English perfectly well. They put a horrible English dub over on him. Yeah. He doesn't even get to say his own lines. Yeah. And, and they do it for multiple other actors in the film, too, who we know can speak English because we've seen them in other films. And that's just... That, that's insulting that's to say insulting. that like yeah. we can't okay we're going to shoot a movie in China we're going to have mm-hmm. an entire Chinese cast but we're not going to allow them to use their natural voices mm-hmm. because I, people might struggle with the accents like how, how are we representing diversity at that point mm-hmm. if we're saying eh well you know 
we're sorry, they just they sound too Asian to be in this Asian movie. Oh boy, yeah. Like, yeah. That oh would, my that, god, that would be just bad. But that the, again, that's that's not really we're talking about strong female lead. But mm-hmm. that you know, we, Shelby and I just have we've spent a long time talking about these two these two movies, and yeah. then really, but just there's some salt in the woods. There is there. some salt in the woods, and we got all excited. We got all strong and you know yeah. pointed right now. So let's move on to some. Uh, let's move on to what we what we really think is we did a wonderful job in terms of you know portraying strong female. Yeah. Let's move on to Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde from 2017, uh, starring Charlize Theron, who and, is amazing in everything she does. And by the way, her, her Mad Max character. Oh, boy. Furiosa from uh, Mad Furiosa. Max Fury Road. Yes. If you haven't seen that, That's go check that one crush. out. Yeah, yeah she, she's unbelievable. Even in bad movies, like she was in uh, Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck, which is a horrible movie. Oh, my God, such a bad movie. She still does well in it, even yeah. in movies that are bad. Like same thing, her turn in Monster mm-hmm. as the I forget her name, but the the hitchhiker lady who who wound up killing a bunch of people. Yeah, oh my it, god, it was Christina Ricci was in that one too. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But she she transforms herself physically yes. and with makeup and, and is just an unbelievable mm-hmm. actress. So what was Atomic Blonde about? So Atomic Blonde, we follow. Uh, she's an MI6, which is British Special Intelligence. She's a spy. Her name is Lorraine Broughton, and her job is to go to Berlin, mm-hmm. where another British operative, a guy named James, has been murdered looking for this this list. Uh, there's this list that contains the names and real identities of every special operative from every major intelligence agency in the world. And obviously, you know, this is in the height of the Cold War. Like, it's 1989. The Berlin Wall is about to come down. Tension is at an all-time high between capitalism and, and communism and... So James is killed looking for this list. Lorraine gets dispatched to go to Berlin and immediately when we first meet Lorraine, we're really big on like opening scenes. Like when you first meet a character. Set the the stage for this character. Yeah. Once again, show don't tell. Show us who this person is. And when we first meet Lorraine, it's already at the end of her story or almost the end. Because this is like a going back, like retelling of what happened. She's telling what happened in Berlin. We see her, she she is beaten, she's bruised, she's bloody, she's drinking heavily, she's emotionally broken, she's yep. in mourning. Mm-hmm. Um, what, she, she, what is she in mourning of? She's in mourning of, of people that she's lost, James yeah. being one of them, yeah. uh, and, and another character. So James is, it, let, let's get, because this, this movie actually tends to have a very complex kind of a people to Spoiler people alert, again, yeah. big spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, let's get the, the, yeah, the so, people that's at, who's at stake here? So yeah, her and James were, were former partners, mm. um, both professionally, and, and they were definitely romantically involved, because mm. we see little flashbacks of her time with James. Um, which is a shame because he gets executed within like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, by a Russian operative. By a Russian operative. Yes. So the and Russians. The, and th- then the reason James got killed was because uh, the Russian. He Russia, was betrayed. He was betrayed and he has the list of yep. all the, the. And so basically the list, everyone wants to get the list in this the, movie. The list is the Holy Grail here. The Holy where Grail. once again, whichever side has this list can expose or execute or mm-hmm. sell the names of all of the secret operatives that, you know. So the French are looking for this, the British, the Americans, Russian, the Russians, yes. the Germans. Yeah. Everybody wants this list. Yeah. So she is now being interrogated by her own superiors at MI6, as well as the CIA has been brought in as well to assist with this, mm-hmm. about what happened in Berlin. So she shows up, and she is immediately in conflict. The, the Russians have 
identified her before she even hits the ground it seems like mm-hmm. and so she has to fight for her life inside mm-hmm. of a car there's big dramatic fights there's a lot of cool fight scenes really which, cool down you know, i think we'll, we'll get to that at some point it's like the fight scenes you mm-hmm. know the fight scenes are the vocabularies it tells mm-hmm. the it tells the character what is this character about you know it actually does it's a body language mm-hmm. thing that conveys what this character is about and it's just very different between mulan <laughs> and uh and uh, atomic blonde yeah. who is you know it's very realistic fight scenes yeah so and obviously we're we're big involved in the martial arts and and it's we we love to see jujitsu especially being portrayed in in cinema mm-hmm. um but we want to see realistic fights and it's it's kind of reminiscent of uh, the Jason Bourne movies with Matt Damon, mm. where it's gritty, it's down to earth, you know, it, it's tight, close quarters. And again, Charlize Theron is no, she is not stronger than any. She's fighting men throughout the entire movie. I don't think she fights one woman through the entire thing. I think it's all men. It's she, all men. Yeah. yeah. And she gets the better of them by being. She's very well trained. Mm-hmm. She's brutal in her in her tactics, mm-hmm. and she uses her environment. She uses a hose. She uses yeah. frying pans, yep. knives. Uh, mm-hmm. She uses the car itself as she a weapon. She uses their weapon. She uses she gets their weapon. weapon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. She uses guns when she when she can, but mm-hmm. there, she has a tough time getting her hands on weapons throughout mm-hmm. the, uh, on actual guns throughout the movie. Right. Um, so yeah, she's this operative, and she yeah. was sent on this mission to try and so. And then the MI6 basically uh, doubt that there is a double agent, an agent that's betrayed MI6 and basically cooperated with the Russian KGB. So her mission uh, was to recover basically the find a list and recover and find out who this satchel character is. Satchel being the double agent. The satchel being the double agent. So she was uh, was sent to Germany. Yeah. Um, and then she, she met this other head of like the head of the MI6 station in Germany, Percival. Yeah. Which is James, acted out James. James McAvoy, the and, amazing jet. Again, we're gonna sidetrack a lot on this. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Split uh, by M. Night Shyamalan starring James McAvoy, you owe it to yourself to check it out because he is absolutely amazing in this. Okay, Percival. So yes, Percival has been in Berlin for a few years now and has gone native, as they say. He's fully immersed in the nightlife scene and he tells everybody from the get-go that he is not trustworthy. Just everything about his physicality, his actions, his mannerisms, everything says that he he is not someone who you can depend on or mm-hmm. you can trust a word that he says. Yeah, and Charlize Theron's character say it because when she went to visit his place, she said, I saw your uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Valley? Mach- Machiavelli. Machiavelli book. Yeah. And it, it, the, the line that best describes Percival's character basically is like, it's a double pleasure to deceive the deceiver. Indeed. Which yeah, he kind of plays himself almost as yeah, as almost like Faust. He, Who's you know, Faust? Or uh, or almost like a uh, a demon that you know, he he gives people he he makes deals with people, but they're mm-hmm. never in that person's favor. Mm-hmm. You know he so you know from the get go he's not somebody to be trusted, but also mm-hmm. not he's also very dangerous. He's not oh. somebody to be trifled with either. Mm-hmm. Charlie's uh, Lorraine, her character Lorraine, calls him out saying, you know, this whole. Um, hungover i don't know which way is up you know kind of kind of act that you're putting on she's like i i see right through it and i'm, yeah. I'm tired of it mm-hmm. and he you know, is kind of taken aback because he i don't think he's used to having people read him that call, well calling call out his shit basically yeah, exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. um okay. but anyway so the there's a lot of cat and mouse games back and forth between, between lorraine between and lorraine and percival and the russians mm-hmm. and uh you know several more attempts made on her life and it's 
it becomes apparent that there's another character uh, named Spyglass who is who memorizes yeah, the list. Yeah, he's a he's a Stasi officer mm-hmm. who memorizes the list word for word, and so he is just as now valuable as the the list is kept in a wristwatch. Yes. Um. So the goal becomes we're going to get if we can't get the list because nobody really knows where the list is at this point. They know that one Russian operative has it, but it seems to keep changing hands. Um, that they have to get Spyglass to safe territory they have mm-hmm. to get him across the border and and Char- Char- uh, Lorraine actually was you know being for being as as just matter of fact a spy and mm-hmm. the clean one of her object her, her mission was never really to save spyglass but mm-hmm. that's one of the things too like she actually made a promise to spyglass say hey like i'm gonna protect you yeah. uh, she said something in the sense of i'll never lose a package but it's a coded language in mm-hmm. that sense i never lose a package meaning You'll be fine. You yeah. got me. And yeah. that again, that shows like that's not within her mission. Her mission no. is not to save no. Spyglass, but but she takes it upon herself. She takes it upon herself. And, and Percival, in a sort of manipulative way, mm. brings Spyglass's family into the mix. His wife and his daughter. Mm. He says he's like you take. He's like you take Spyglass. He's like I'll take care of the wife and daughter. Mm. And so they organize this big dramatic escape to get out. But it's not supposed to be dramatic. It's supposed mm. to be they just blend in with a crowd of protesters and sneak their way across the border. They've got fake IDs. They've mm-hmm. got contacts set up to help them. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it, of course, the Russians now have wind of it. They know about the entire plan, and they've got snipers set up. They're trying to— And you to wonder why the Russians knew about it, right? How do the Russians know about it, exactly? Mm-hmm. And then we find out, of course, you know, that, that Percival is— Spoiler basically, alert. Basically yeah. working with Russia. He's working with the Russians. He's trying to keep the balance. She know, He wants to keep the balance and feeding information to both American CIA and Russia at yeah. the same time. So— and, and, this British kind of, MIC, and British MIC, and British MIC, so he can cl- keep these kind of tensions still there between the wet, the the West Germany and East Germany, yeah. so he can kind of just control the situation. He can there. continue to, to be kind of you know the the demon in the chair, you know, right. controlling what happens at the crossroads. Right. The puppet show, exactly. He gets yeah. to be the puppet master because yes. he he likes this feeling. He's like it's the Wild West, and he mm-hmm. he doesn't want it to end. And it's also obviously been very profitable for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the strong female lead. Essentially, this, this movie, what well, we think is a strong female lead mm-hmm. feminism movie, is like. Charlie's Theron, but Lorraine Brighton was basically telling Percival, "Hey, go screw yourself. You're done. I'm done with your. I'm done with your crap, and yeah. you're going to. I'm going to overthrow you, basically." Yeah. And that's yeah. From once again, from the the first meeting we see with Lorraine when she's meeting with her her superiors at MI6 and the head of the CIA, mm-hmm. she's very defiant to authority. She's but she, she's subtle mm-hmm. about it. She knows how to push the line just enough yeah. that she's not going to get fired or reprimand or anything. Because she, in the end, she's the only one who knows what really happened at this point. She exactly. is giving her statement to tell them, this is what went down in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to give you the whole story. Mm-hmm. And without me, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You don't know where the list is. You yeah. don't know, you won't know what happened to Percival. You won't know any of this stuff. So Percival, of course, as you know, almost not unexpected, but maybe we didn't expect him to betray her as far as he did, because then he actually shoots Spyglass. Yeah, he's the one that killed Spike. Well, he, no, he, he shot that bullet. He, he into, shot it into yeah. Spyglass's stomach, mm-hmm. and then so she is now struggling to get him out of uh, out of Germany. She mm-hmm. wants to get him, you know, across the wall, and in, she runs into half a dozen different Russian operatives mm-hmm. and has to fight them all. And same thing, she has only one one gun with you know very few bullets. Mm-hmm. So Shelby, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, now we're getting we're getting down. So basically, we got kind of give you the out the outlook of the outline of um, this movie, and then you know it's, it's a war between it's a cat and mouse game, like you say, between Lorraine's character 
and Percival. Yep. So we'll leave the rest to, to the audience. But you know, as far as the fight scene, you know, why yeah. does why does this fight scene compare that to Mulan? Why is this fight scene in, from especially from you who yeah. has done martial arts for over a decade? 20, um, 25 years. Twenty. Now. Well, yeah, exactly. Two decades. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that, the, the math right. The math did all right. <laughs> My math is okay. <laughs> Your math is getting. Twenty five years is more than two decades. Okay, yes, good. Is. All right, I went um, to law school for nothing. All right. But it's also I, you know, I've I've fought in a cage and I've you know had you know my share of dust-ups when i was younger um so but the, the fight scene how did that how did, how did the mulan and um so the atomic oh. one it's it, like i said it's a very down and gritty because it, it wouldn't make sense in a movie that is so grounded in reality even though it's you know it might seem like a, a hyper real reality are you talking about mulan we're talking about atomic, uh, atomic wand okay. um where you know, it's it's the 80s where everything was you know bigger than life mm. but the fighting is very it feels dirty it feels rough it feels rough. gritty mm. and same thing we see uh, Lorraine get beat up a yeah. lot yeah. she manages to come out on top but she is broken and bloody by the end of it a bunch she, of men by a bunch of men and yeah. exactly and, and same thing you never see her just overpower them mm. like it's she has to improvise. She has to use, uh, she kills one guy with a corkscrew mm. after he's thrown her around the living room for you know, a good five, ten minutes. And by the end of that fight, they're both exhausted. Yep. They're both. She couldn't even stand up. She couldn't even stand up to, you know, she had to wait for him to charge in so she could finish him off. And it's, it's a, there's never a scene, there might mm. be like one scene earlier on mm. where, where she's still fresh, like she's just recently got to mm. Berlin, um, where she, takes out a couple of police officers mm. with relative ease otherwise it's never easy for yeah, her yeah it's it's brutal but, but she uses a high heel shoe high heel yeah. shoe she uses a heel shoe to, to, to yeah. stab people she's yep. inventive exactly which mm. we talk about that like the fight scene tells the story about who the person is mm. and it also tells us kind of about the story in general versus mulan you see people running up walls and doing flying, flying doing crouching flying what's that movie crouching uh, cra- tiger hidden dragon yeah stuff? exactly yeah. it's what they call theatrical wushu mm-hmm. um which was very big from about 2000 to 2004 here in the states because we had crouching tiger hidden dragon we had hero and we had uh, house of flying daggers all house three of flying daggers all yes. three are beautiful movies one totally worth checking out amazingly well done and they're all like chinese characters they're all chinese and, characters yeah, based on chinese stories exactly right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and but in that it's totally common to see people jumping from rooftop to rooftop, and mm. it looks fluid. It looks effortless. It, poetic. You, it's poetic, exactly. Yes. It's it's telling you that you li- this is a mystical world where anything can happen, mm. and it's it's done in a way that is beautiful to mm-hmm. the story, and it helps enhance the story. Versus in Mulan, one, they're 17 years too late to the party. Like No one has done that kind of style of fighting on film for quite a long time for yeah. a reason that, one, people got kind of bored with it. It got yeah. oversaturated, and, and two... It's just it isn't as well done. The transition aren't they're not smooth. Like mm. you don't see people going from like fighting on the ground to all of a sudden just leaping fifty feet in the air. Yeah. It yeah. it just it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. And then suppose and then the Mulan's position has never been she's not a superwoman. She's just yeah. a woman that got trained in the military camp exactly. and she can fight. But it's not like she can fly. That's a little too yeah. jumpy. Which is that's what we saw in yeah. in the animated Mulan is that when she shows up, again, 
she's weak she's clumsy mm. she's unsure of herself she's insecure she doesn't mm. know how to do much of anything and doesn't do anything well mm. it's through training that her and all of her her friends her cohorts yep. her friends her colleagues her peers that she the, the friendships that, that she built yes. they work together and they each develop their own set of skills in order to become excellent soldiers mm. but again it's through hard work and discipline mm. that they each exactly. become their own person right. and you get right. to watch them do that through a, a you know fun training montage mm. yeah which that's one of the our other criticisms of the the live action Mulan is she didn't have like they had peers but mm -hmm. you couldn't tell me any of their names mm -hmm. you couldn't tell me anything about any of their personalities except for the one guy who's kind of lusting after her right that's really the only one who they give any sort of personality to yeah otherwise you you don't there, there's no fun in it and you don't recognize any exactly. of the characters and again it's going back to like underdogs uh, the yeah. underdog rooting for underdog what atomic blonde we know she's well trained she's a well trained lethal uh, operative but yeah. she still got her but handed to her for lack of a better over term and over, over and over by a bunch of men and she was trying to protect spyglass she was in this building and, and but then that, that's why you even though she's very she's physically very well trained i mean you don't you, you will say on a, on a good day like i don't have to worry about her but you still you worry about her in those scenes versus mulan it's like okay mm. well you, you can fly i suppose there's yeah. somebody coming at you you just jump up and you jump back down again and that's yeah, gonna exactly. solve the problem miraculously but it, yeah it's so you see lorraine you see her get hurt you mm. see her which i remember john woo the director who did face off and a bunch of other action movies saying he's like i like to have my mm. heroes get hurt mm. he's like because it shows they're not superman they're not invulnerable. They're fresh and they're flesh and blood. They're flesh and blood, exactly, mm -hmm. which makes them instantly more relatable. And same thing, you can see her getting tired. You can see her getting weak. And same thing with Spyglass. He's bleeding out, and she's doing everything she can, she can. to try to keep to try him to alive. Him. Yeah. And in the end, she can't. In the end, he drowns. And it's no fault of hers. Mm -hmm. She did everything she possibly could, mm -hmm. and it breaks her physically and emotionally that she couldn't save this guy mm -hmm. who she didn't know anything about she never even and and she when she's relaying the message to her superiors mm. at in during the interview she says you know like like she's kicking herself because mm. it would have been so easy to just get him out yeah. if she had known what that he had you know a mm. photographic memory mm. she would have just got him out and said screw everything and then they could have gone back later to try to find the watch with the list in it right right um right so that's it once again we get to see more character development from yes. her she had and also she we and, she, and they also surprised us with like the emotional side of her mm. because you think that you know everything's so matter of fact she's got given a mission let's go but yeah. you actually do see her she was disappointed she was physically shaken when spyglass died yeah. because she said she literally looked him in the eye in the movie and she said i'd never lose a package meaning i will protect you yep. but when spyglass died she was shaking she goes he died and then there again in the movie he she developed this bond with this french operative and then she really liked her. And when the French operative died, you can tell mm. she was physically shaken. And those yeah. combined with at the very beginning when she burned off the picture of her and her lover, James, James yeah. the colleague that got shot by KGB. You again, see the emotions. And that, you know, it's sort of like going back, almost like going back to Marvel where it had all the messages, Captain Marvel, who had all the messages but didn't really deliver. Yeah. But let's look at those messages. You know, when Mar I mean, Captain Marvel, Jew Law, was basically like, you know, woman, keep your emotion in check. But that's powerful part about it is actually sh displayed in Atomic Blonde is that she has those emotions. Yeah. It's those emotions that actually make her very powerful mm -hmm. and do not let, do not just say, hey, you know, keep your emotion in check. So, yeah, you know, that's the thing too. Yeah. One is has a message but didn't deliver and Atomic Blonde, yeah. got it. Well, got and, it. and this is where we got to see that, you know, Charlize Theron's character is kicking herself because she always tells herself, you know, not to trust anybody, not to get attached. Mm -hmm. Like she does her best both through 
her own words and through mm-hmm. her actions to keep people at arm's length, to mm-hmm. keep emotional walls up so mm-hmm. she doesn't get hurt and so that way she can carry out her missions without distractions. Mm-hmm. Versus, again, like with with Captain Marvel, he, Jude Law keeps telling her, you know, like, you, know, you need to control, control your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. But we never see what the consequence the, of what? her letting her emotions go. Yeah. And it, it's different from, you know, to use another Marvel character, mm-hmm. We have the Incredible Hulk. Mm. The entire motivation behind his character is Mm. Bruce Banner gets angry. He turns into an unstoppable Mm. rage machine that will destroy everything and hurt people around him who he cares about. Mm. If we had seen a scene in Captain Marvel where, let's say, she got angry and she fired off a photon blast and accidentally hurt Hurt hurt, uh, Maria or Monica Rambeau, which are her friends. There's somebody close to her who Mm. gets hurt. We see the consequence of it. Instead, Mm. all we have is this vague kind of warning. Mm-hmm. Which, once again, you could relate that to saying, well, it's gaslighting. He's telling her to control her emotions when she really doesn't need to. But what's to. the consequences of her not, you know? But like, yeah. from her perspective at that point, she's being told, control your emotions. Why? Why? Exactly. And again, it's Why? we're yeah. being told yeah. without being shown. Yeah. And, and, and that makes it, the entire message feel hollow. Yeah. And then Atomic Blonde, I think I feel like the interpretation I walk away with it is that you know, uh, she is almost like you gain your power sometimes, like you you reclaim your power sometimes by breaking through mm-hmm. your limit. Mm-hmm. It's sort of in the sense of that she, her identity of herself is follow the mission, get things done, mm-hmm. don't trust people, don't develop emotional attachment mm-hmm. with people. But she didn't, she actually kind of disobey her own uh, rules in the sense of she tried to protect this person mm-hmm. and she had a emo- uh, spyglass and she developed an emotional attachment with this French operative mm. and she really actually likes and um, but then she also but you see that she actually her power is there I and mean, when she claims she claims her power by breaking through what she believes to be sort of like you bring yourself mm. a little above what you were and that's a transformation in some way exactly. I, mean, I don't know whether that makes sense no absolutely that's, that's a transformation because you you tra- you brought your you bring yourself above what you believe you are yeah and it's you know again spoiler alert Percival winds up killing off this French operative, this yeah. character LaSalle, LaSalle, who is, yeah. you know, for all intents and purposes, Lorraine's girlfriend mm-hmm. in the film. Mm-hmm. And she's just, she's a French operative, but she's, she's very young, she's naive, she's out of her depth, and she stumbles onto some secrets that she's not ready for about mm-hmm. Percival, so he kills her. Mm-hmm. And so Lorraine takes it upon herself that she executes Percival. Mm-hmm. And she says, she's like, I gave him the only justice he deserved at that point. That she went, you know, she killed a head of station for MI6, which you know, could get her executed, and she knows it. Yeah, she but knows But she's, she's willing to risk that in order to, to do what she feels is right, mm-hmm. to do it, which, you know. Yeah, especially when she found out that Percival, again, spoiler alert, Percival is actually the double agent. Pretty much, like, well, for, the, for all intended purpose, because... We won't ruin the final twist for you. Oh, that's true. That's Let, true. Let's not get... We won't, yeah. we won't ruin all of it, but... Okay. Uh, okay. But, yeah, so anyway... So the damn, this is get yeah. We're I just, now I want I want to watch our, have our listeners actually go watch the movie. You need to watch these Come movies. back have a discussion. But so so, it, I I think I feel like we've done a pretty good job. So the the things that help make a strong female lead are we need to see them be relatable. I think it's relatable is number one that, that makes it inspiring and yeah. then again sort of like the underdog uh, kind of journey to yeah. becoming power uh, being powered with, yeah. from within exactly and also it's like don't I guess being relatable in the sense of that it kind of as a byproduct of that is let's ask these movie producers not to set these kind of perfection like mm. make this character too perfect because you know what none of us can relate to a perfect human being first Indeed. of all perfection doesn't exist at all no. every day we put our pants on we get out of mm-hmm. our bed 
and we strive to make ourselves yeah. a little bit better than the one yesterday. Exactly. But that's it. That's the whole point. Yeah. I guess it just says that life every day is to become better, yeah. but not to achieve that yeah. perfection because realistically it doesn't exist. Exactly. So let's, if, if you know, Disney and Marvel, like these movies are, our kids watch it, our yeah. young people watch it. And then you don't want to set, we don't want to see these uh, movies and teach them this idea, again, do- indoctrinate, if you call it, conditioned, yeah. if you call it, have this idea of, oh, we're going to have, we have to have all of these things to be yeah. extraordinary. No, you don't. You already yeah. are. Yeah, we've, we've said that. Like Disney has been long time criticized for this, of setting unrealistic expectations that every girl is a princess, mm-hmm. every guy has to be her prince charming, that exactly. they set unrealistic yeah. expectations both for people and for relationships, mm-hmm. especially in the older films. In the newer ones, they've done a better job of, of bringing up that, you know. But you, I guess it's you don't have to make the counterpart looks stupid. And I think that's one thing that a lot of films have struggled with is that for a long time, especially, you know, we watched that uh, limited Netflix series, uh, Hollywood, where they talked about that every Asian woman for a long time was the, the, you know, the mysterious seductress from the East. <laughs> and it, you became a caricature. <laughs> and it's the same thing that now it, they almost feel that in order to make a strong female character in a lot of movies, they have to make every man around her a sexist pig or an idiot. Yes. And you don't have to do that. You can have... Like I said, the Avengers is a wonderful example that you can have Black Widow and Gamora and, and even team. Captain Marvel. You can yeah. have strong female and strong male leads they, yeah. without downgrading one in order to uplift, to the, uplift other. the other. You can have it all work together. Exactly. But if you're going to create a character like Captain Marvel, so let's compare her to Thor would probably be the her counterpart, is mm-hmm. the, the other most powerful Avenger. Yeah. When we first meet Thor in his first movie, He's already super powerful, mm. but he's brash, he's arrogant, mm. he, he's angry, he's young. He's he has his issues. Like exactly. He has his and issues. so he has to, his father, Odin, takes away all of his powers, exactly. makes him a human, mm. makes him live among the humans, and makes him earn his way back mm. to his abilities. Mm. He has to become humble, which mm. that's the thing is we never get to see Captain Marvel get humbled. And maybe we will in her next movie. You know? We will, maybe we will, maybe but not we'll, from the one that we were talking about today. From the Captain two films that we've yeah. seen her in so far, no, she, so she keeps this arrogant smirk on her face and blows everybody away, and it makes it really tough to, to relate to her. And same thing with, with Mulan, is we never really see her get humbled mm. because she, if she just wants to, she, she can, can beat up everybody exactly. around her. Exactly, she can have it. You yeah, know, that's it's the, thing. The, the constraints on her are societal and what she, mm-hmm. yeah, her, her family what, and her father. Yeah, but yeah. it's sort of like when she yells to the war, I'm going to be myself, those yeah. restraints are going to be gone. No, which, that's which not going to happen. We got to touch on when she rides into battle, taking off her armor and letting her hair down. Shelby is a big fan of not taking uh, your armor off when you go into a, 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 a battle. I, I just don't see it. It's one of those, like, she's, like, exposing, you know, that she is a in woman. In order to show myself. Order, but it's like. I, not that I'm some really military tactician by any means, but I think I could figure out if I'm riding into a giant field full of arrows and spears and swords yeah. all trying to stab me, I'm probably going to keep my armor on. Yeah, it your just, shield, your armor. It, I, maybe, I don't, maybe if you have long hair, pull your hair up yeah, so, the so enemy it doesn't, doesn't get tangled or grabbed. Yeah, well, somebody know? grabbed it. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, seems, but yeah. yeah, she let herself down. and She let her hair down, which is very beautiful hair. Yeah, but great and hair, she, but. she threw away her armor and she strolled into battles. And yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But no. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's one thing. It's setting up like a real. Uh, we don't. We wanted to really see these movie um, not setting up like the a, a perfection that that people cannot achieve. The young people thinking that oh, you have to just have all of these extra things to be perfect. Exactly. Uh, like exactly. And like I said, maybe yeah. we'll see uh, Captain Marvel. You know, 
have to really struggle and fight and get mm. through things mm. in in the next coming films. Yeah. And I would love to see that. Like you said, yeah. Brie Larson is an excellent actress. Mm-hmm. And if they give her the right writers mm. and they give her the right direction, then mm. she could definitely pull that off. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're bringing her in in order to take the plate because Captain America is now pretty much retired at the end of Endgame. Uh, again, big spoiler alerts. Um, Iron Man is dead. Oh Jesus! We're gonna get so hated. We'll just I know. keep spoiling people. I know spoiling we've we've spoiled we've said spoiler okay, alert cool. twenty times at this okay. point. Okay, spoiling. So if she's people. gonna be the new flagship hero, then she needs to be somebody that people can both look up to look and up to. relate to. Relate to. Because exactly. if she's gonna take that place, then then she need she's got some big shoes to fill, yeah, and I, I don't envy her for that, which is why she needs good writers behind her mm-hmm. in order to make it work. Exactly. Because we want the young girls to be we, looking at her and feel inspired, exactly. related, and also it doesn't feel inadequate because they're like oh she's well she's that she's very powerful because she's got all this superpower i don't yeah, yeah exactly and look at her she she you know she's beautiful and she's strong shiny, yeah. and she doesn't, she doesn't need anybody she, she doesn't have pimples and you know yeah, all that stuff. she has exactly. a perfect hair she has this kind of i wake yeah. up like this you know so i think uh we can we can talk about uh if we want to compare box offices for for some of these films yeah one of the the funniest to me is so we had animated mulan in 1998 brought in 305 million mm. The live action one in 2020, which granted there was a pandemic, 70 million. Mm-hmm. So that is, is a pretty dramatic. And that 305 is... million for an animated film in 1998 was massive. massive. Like only like massive. The Lion King and other ones like that yes. and Aladdin did yeah. better than that around yeah. that time period. Yeah. Yeah. And same and thing, we've got you know Captain America did 370 million. Um, Iron Man, which is another comparable one, did 585 million. Captain Marvel made 1.1 billion dollars so yeah. obviously a lot of people really liked it so yeah. maybe we have no idea what we're talking maybe about. maybe we have no idea what we're talking about and i've mentioned i've mentioned my opinion about captain marvel which is you know people and friends around us and there was there are people def, definitely disagreement so if you after listening to this podcast and whether you uh, you go watch captain marvel and you feel like we're just don't know what we're talking about come back and give us a comments and send us send us uh, your opinions we would love to yeah we'd love to we'd love to open a dialogue open a dialogue about yeah, it yeah and, and then that's that, that's another thing too we, we talk about at the beginning of this podcast about this kind of we agree to disagree we are uh we don't judge other people because just because they have an opinion no. that it's different from ours and that's something that i feel like atomic blonde and you're going dry, bringing back to atomic blonde too is sort of like we have these female hero in a sense of their hero they do good things quote quote mm-hmm. good things but Atomic Blonde, she's an operative. But is she a good person? Is she a bad person? You can't really put her in those boxes. No, it's, it's not as black and white. It's not as black and white. You, and I think that's a good thing in the sense yeah. of you portraying a female character that, she, you know, she she can be a strong, independent, smart woman, but she doesn't have to fit in boxes. No. She's shown that you can be tough and sexy and mm-hmm. intelligent. Like, she's one that shows that you can have it all. Yeah. But it's going to cost a lot. It's going to cost it, a lot. It costs, you know, yeah. her whole kind of drive through the movie yeah. is to, to simplify her life, to get back to kind of being yeah. like what the character of LaSalle was, to being young and excited about it and right. wants to just be able to, to, to know who she's fighting, what side you're fighting on. Mm. And which, you know, that, that opens a matter of perspective that right. it whoever, whatever side you're fighting for thinks they're the good guys. Right, exactly. So, so that, that's a, it can make things very morally ambiguous yeah. in, in the midst of Which things. is good because I think that the good message is that, you know, good and bad, mm. black and white, there's a lot of things, that a lot of shades in between. Absolutely. And then I think that we need to, a lot of shades of opinion, a lot of shades of complexities. And yeah. if we can all just agree that 
it's not a simple black and white, like a two-sided coin. No. It, that is, it's not as easy no, as that. Di- dichotomous thinking is easy. It's of, very easy. This is good, that's bad, this is, yeah, mm-hmm. that, it's super easy. Instead of willing to accept that there are infinite shades of gray mm-hmm. on any individual topic. Crazy. Although the one topic that I think we can all agree on is there needs to be songs in Disney movies <laughs> because the songs from the animated Mulan are fantastic <laughs> and there are no songs in the live action one, which I hate to say it, you know, I know it's art, it's open to suggest. Live action Mulan sucks. <laughs> I kind of want to close on that. You want to close on that? Okay. I, I, I want to close on that. So once again, like, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. This was almost an hour and a half episode, so we know it was a bit of a slog. It's but. a bit of a slog, but we, uh, as you can probably tell, we can't stop, especially Shelby, uh, I like to point that out, yeah. is I couldn't stop talking about movies. We're very passionate We're about very movies, passionate especially about it. Nerd, yeah. nerdy movies are, uh, are kind of our jam. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, we'll, uh, but yeah, with that, we'll wrap up this episode about yeah. movie talk, but we love, I mean, the the strong female lead feminism yeah. is such a broad topic it's always emerging we're up to various interpretations yeah. so yeah we want to we maybe we'll have some other topic related to feminism strong female yeah. maybe we'll talk about men masculinity yeah, absolutely uh you know how that what that means in today's age absolutely. and those are good conversations to have again so yeah so if there's a topic that you want to hear us cover um please feel free to you know, if you see us in person in everyday real life or if you want to shoot us a, a message on some of the social media platforms mm-hmm. or uh, once we get the YouTube channel up, we'll be happy to, to field any comments and suggestions, and uh, we'll hopefully we'll be back with uh, another episode soon. All right. Bye, everybody. We'll Bye. see you next time.